Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Drinking and Screaming, a new podcast we're doing about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char. And I'm Callie. And today we're releasing this episode early because we're participating in the amazing All the Horror event, 31 podcasts in 31 days. We have a nice guest snippet that will be coming in the podcast from Invasion of the Remake, but we'll get to that later. Today, we're talking about Paranormal Activity, the first of a series that seems to have relaunched the popularity of found footage horrors. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we created this drink low budget and made it last minute. Yes, definitely because that was my idea the entire time and not rushed at all. <laughs> Not even a little bit rushed. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> this episode will contain some discussion on gaslighting, so please feel free to take a step back from this episode if you need to. So as we alluded at previously, I was the one that made this drink. It's bubbly. It is bubbly. It's and it's using something that we haven't used yet. That's true. Water. Dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> Killing used- us all slowly. <laughs> oh, boy. Do you That's know 100% tough. of the people that drink water die? Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, 100% of people die. Well. Listen to that tinkle, tinkle. Ding, 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 ding. There's so, so much ice in here. I love it. So for the first time on the podcast, I decided to go with a name that was very smart and intellectual Tell as opposed to it. our usual paradigm of bad names uh this is cherry normal gentivity (laughs) cherry normal gentivity cherry normal gentivity as in paranormal activity i don't know what you're talking about no i didn't make a pun yes you did it's smart smart words for intelligent people so judging by the name i i sense some cherry and some gin in this yeah so it's vodka and it's grape right no so it's uh, <laughs> so we're using Mad Lab Distilling's Gin Six, Ooh. which does not mean that we have six gins in here. No, it's it's not like three cheese where there's three cheeses. It is kind of like that because there are six things in this gin. But oh. you're gonna have to wait till we get to our ad section to find out what they are. Nice, and it also has a cherry soda water that may or may not be some variation of bubbly. Ah! Or as I learned to say it from Twitter, buble. Like Michael Buble. Yeah, there was a Vine or a TikTok of him like putting the accent over the Y so that it says buble. Ah! It might have also been an ad for bubbly now that I think about yes, it. Yes, definitely. Sneaking into our Twitters with their Vine wannabes. <laughs> Digging into our brains with our memes and stuff. I had someone on our Discord comment that my catchphrase should be the Amanda show. And now I'm like, I do it all the time. And now every time I do it, I think about that. Amanda, 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 Amanda. Amanda, 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 Amanda. You have to do it one more time. Bring out the lobsters. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm like Andy Bernard. Now that's going to be burning in my brain. Good. Maybe I'll do it later. It'll be the Antissa. Shut up. <laughs> So this week we watched... Dairy. Legendary. Wait, what was I talking about? (laughs) So this week we watched Paranormal Activity, which premiered on October 16th in 2009. It's written and directed by Oren Pelly, and it's the first of the Paranormal Activity franchise. I stole this lovely synopsis 
from IMDb. After a young middle-class couple, middle-class moves into a suburban starter tract house. Starter. Psh, they become increasingly disturbed by a presence that may or may not be somehow demonic, but is certainly most active in the middle of the night, especially when they sleep. Or try to. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. I remember ah. sleep. You do? Seems like a far off distant memory. <laughs> Give me that trailer, because I remember this trailer. I got some things I wanted to say. High def camera on my girlfriend Katie. She thinks there's something in the house. I don't know. You believe me, right? I think we're going to have a very interesting time capturing whatever paranormal phenomena is occurring or is not occurring. So I remember watching this trailer, which is basically a trailer of other people watching this movie. It's like a boring Mystery Science 3000. <laughs> And it wasn't playing in Montreal when it first came out. Did so you I demand demanded it. it. Did you click the demand button? I did. That's that's hilarious. Like, is it playing near you? If not, tell them to watch it. Yeah. It's weird because it has that trailer problem where all the exciting parts of the movie are shown in that trailer. Yeah, but in a way, it's kind of not giving away so much compared to other things that are very plot heavy, like... There's not that much of a plot in Paranormal Activity. The yeah. basic, the synopsis that I read earlier is basically the whole thing. Yeah. Which you kind of see from the trailer too. It like leads up to all of the jump scares or like the actual events that the happen. The big spooks, yeah. And all of those were there except for like the Ouija board catching on fire and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. But beyond that, it was like everything that you would be looking forward to seeing in the movie was in that. But it did yeah. that thing where it's like, this audience watched this real footage of this real couple getting killed by a demon. They were terrified. Look how, look how scared these paid actors were. <laughs> Are you going to be braver than them? <laughs> this one woman who has to hide behind her shirt. I mean, we have a friend that does that when they go to horror movies. My mom does that, so. <laughs> I think I do remember seeing this as well. And I think it was playing in either Kelowna or Vancouver, and we lived out in the boonies. Yeah. And it wasn't playing there. So I think a couple of my- You were safe? Pardon? Were you safe? Was I safe? As in safe from having to see it? Well, I mean, I didn't go to movies that were not Harry Potter anyways. Ah, uh, of course, Or the of Pokemon. Yeah. Um, or Final <laughs> Fantasy Spirits Within. Just keep listing these off. I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> Jingle all the way. <laughs> So I wouldn't have gone anyways, but I think a couple of my family members either drove to Kelowna or Vancouver to watch it. And I remember them coming back being like, oh my God, it was so real. It was like the realest thing ever. And oh my God, I can't believe this family, blah, blah, blah. And this was also before like any of our family members like looked at the internet. Yeah. There was no Facebook or like Twitter or anything to go to. There was maybe MySpace, which is probably what the link at the bottom of that trailer links to. <laughs> so like they were genuinely spooked yeah it does a good job of making it feel real 
Like Blair Witch is one of the first that really does it. It's yeah. definitely the first one that I had seen. Or maybe actually I saw this first. But it's definitely like chronolo- chronology. Chronology? Chronologically. Chronologically. That's the word I was looking for. The first to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems like so real. And then the credits, there's like nothing that says it's fake, basically. Yeah. I think it did survive in a time where it was hard for the information about this to get around. Yeah. Like think about fucking Joker. It hasn't come out yet, but people have been debating the controversy about it for like two months now. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Paranormal Activity came out, like the instant it came out, people would be like, yeah, I went and saw it. It was fake. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Here's the here's a screenshot of the pulley that's be- pulling the door behind the thing because they forgot to green screen it out or something like that. <laughs> so stupid. Why do people keep perpetuating this? Yeah, just like this? ripping it apart. Yeah, it's going to yeah. make p- families go out and kill each other because they think they're haunted or something. You almost sounded like Donald Trump there. Listen, we need to ban <laughs> the Ouija boards. The Ouija boards. The Ouija boards. Why can't I not go through Ouija and then not come out as a surfer boy at the end there? <laughs> we need to ban the Ouija boards. <laughs> Pause was so good. <laughs> <laughs> the Uji boards. Oh man, it's very hard. But yeah, I think that I don't think this kind of movie would survive the way that they wanted it to exist in the world nowadays. Yeah, that's fair. Especially with the marketing and the trailer we just saw. Yeah, I talk about that a bit more too in okay. my points. I think someone would meme it with the Mystery Science Three Thousand group instead of the audience that's watching it. Yeah, and then people would be like, "Ah, that trailer, right?" That trailer when? And then it would have top text and bottom text. Oh, yeah. Those memes. Those video memes. Yeah. Those memes. yeah. Do you want me to say my points yes, about please. this movie? I thought that was already one of your points. I was already... Oh, no. We were discussing the trailer. Of course. We legally have to discuss the trailer to use its audio. Yes. Yeah. That makes it okay. That's how that works. <laughs> Anyways, this was definitely one of those movies, if not like the biggest movie that... Kelly Jr. would not want to watch. Oh, yeah. I, I never really believed in ghosts, but in that way that, like, if they exist, I hope that they respect me enough to, like, not show themselves. <laughs> I'll give them I'll give them the birth that they need while thinking that they're not real. As long as they don't show themselves, we're in a cool relationship. Right. Like spiders living in your house. Exactly. As long <laughs> as I don't see you, I'm cool. Yeah. And so... The combination of the marketing of like, this is totally real. Also with like the idea that if I see this, maybe it'll start happening to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I do not want to see this. And the- Oh, that's interesting that that actually got you. Like, yeah, because I was. This is so real. If I watch it, it's going to happen. I was. How old was I? I was like 13-ish. So you were like around 17. Something like that. I was still pretty scared at 17. Yeah. And then even up to when I started watching horror movies, like I, I saw a bunch of horror movies and then you and I started watching them. Yeah. And then you were like, do you want to watch Paranormal Activity? And I was like, no, no, not really. <laughs> but I'll do it if you want to. And then we did. And it was like, not scary. <laughs> <laughs> the like anticipation that something worse is going to happen was so much worse than actually what happens. Which is so much, like, that's almost for everything, like riding a roller coaster. Oh, I those fuck me up still. You stop going on them because you freak out so much about them before you even get on. Yeah. I so developed, that's it. That's I the developed thing. a fear. Yeah. But no, like, the 
what's the worst thing that happens? She gets dragged out of the bed. That's pretty scary, yeah. Yeah, arguably, like, her throwing him into the camera isn't that scary. Yeah. Her, like, jump scare at the end when her face turns into a monster is, like... Could have gone without that, I think. It's maybe the, like, jump scariest thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, that top level of horror was nothing compared to what I thought was going to happen in the movie. Right. So I wouldn't say I was disappointed, but at the end I was like, oh, that was interesting. I think I came out of it more as like, man, I would fucking love to make a found footage horror movie. Which is funny because we started to do that. Yeah, we talked about that a lot and filmed like supplementary stuff. Yeah, and then our lives got too busy. Yeah, but like every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I could do something. That'd be fun to do a found footage, but it doesn't scare me. All the ideas are cool. The powder's cool. The, I don't know, looking at the sound waves is neat and stuff like that. It's all just kind of cool, interesting things, but yeah. not not that scary, I would say. I think it's more the time between everything that is what makes it scary. It's almost a release. Oh, thankfully, the ghost is doing something now. Oh, it's oh sorry, the demon. Oh, it's the day now. We can rest. Yeah. Oh, no, his face got cut. Oh. Oh, no. I know. Yeah, the moments of reprieve are pretty nice, but I think I liked just having the establishing or the establishing of their relationship. Their terrible relationship. Yeah, their bad relationship. Oh boy. I don't know. That's my point. I think it was more scary to me for the years that I didn't watch it. Yeah, for sure. I, it I can see that. Did not live up to my expectations. My second point is that it's actually extremely impressive to me that all of the technology that's used in the movie is real. Like when he's scouring the audio waveforms, he's actually using Audacity yeah. in the way that Audacity is meant to be used. Every time he's watching videos, he's watching it on VLC. I think once he watches it on Windows Video Player. Okay. But that might have been on a different computer. I'm not too sure. They definitely did have a laptop and a PC, so it could be. Yeah, so I think on the PC, he might have watched it on Windows Video Player. And then when he's talking about like the Firewire and his setup and stuff like that, yeah. that's actually like... In 2006, they definitely would have connected a camera to the computer with a firewire. That's cool. It was like the precursor to USB, basically. Okay. So, like, every all the information was there, which I both equate to them wanting to keep the realism and, like, the, the mystery of this is all actually happening, as well as it's probably more expensive to make fake technology. Yeah. And actually, I have... Um kind of a fun fact that I didn't include in my fun fact section. Ooh. But the guy who plays Mika it actually was a cameraman for a lot of his college years. Oh, really? So they had to like actually, because he was doing all of the filming, it actually is him. Uh, and they had to ask him to like, can you be shittier? <laughs> <laughs> so this is more believable. <laughs> he does like shot and cross shot and fades yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> He's like doing dynamic zooming in as the doctor's talking. So that's cool. That means he actually knew what he was doing then when he was like looking through all of the video. Yeah. Which is funny because like when he talks to the doctor about setting up the camera, that's the only time that he's actually like invested. He's like, yeah, demons and ghosts, whatever. Let me show you my setup. I got the five. Yeah. I got the <laughs> I, I triple so E seven connecting to <laughs> the the webcam. As you can see here, I got the brand new uh, tripod set up. This hit, hit me back about 500 bones and it's leading Can you get a the, Ouija board too? Yeah. Got this brand new. <laughs> like plastic sealed Ouija board for some reason. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was cool. I, I appreciated that. And honestly, it is probably just both the combination of realism and making a brand new interface is too expensive. Because it had to be believable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It just makes sense. And my final point is that there is no way that I would be as brave or cocky as Mika. Well, he was just an asshole. I know, but like... <laughs> 
the moment I got footage of the door like slightly moving open and closed, I'm out. Like you, it's your house now. You and the demon can have fun. What about Buddy? I, he can come it with me if he wants. Well, that's not fair. Of course, he's gonna go with you. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but if it turns out that when you were eight, your house burned down and you were possessed by a demon, uh, good luck. Have a good life. Are you kidding me? See you later. What? Yeah. No. Probably be healthier too. <laughs> I think you would... Are you serious? I think you would try and help me. Uh, I mean, I didn't go on roller coasters with you, so... That's different. This is like life commitment, life-changing terribleness. I would help you from afar. You'd, you would be the one that's like, we gotta call the demon guy now. I, well, Instead yeah. of like, I'm gonna solve this myself. Ah, rah, rah. So I would text you from the, <laughs> from the Greyhound station on my way home to my parents' place. Hey, you should call that demonology guy. I googled him, and here's his phone number. Wow. Let me let me know when he's out of the house. So I'm looking for a new podcast host uh, <laughs> for Drinking and Screaming. I'm currently accepting submissions. Uh, just send them to our email, drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. I just said podcast host and not boyfriend. <laughs> oh, that too. Because <laughs> I mean, like the whole point is that their relationship goes in the shitter, and that's how the demon gets stronger. Yeah. The like anger and sadness and like negative energy that they're emitting and bouncing off each other made their their demon angry. And so like, would you want me being the scaredest person in this building making the demon stronger? But you wouldn't be angry. We would we're still happy. <laughs> We'd be able to fight it together, I think. I mean, anytime we watch a horror movie, I stay up extra late so that maybe the sun's almost up. And then I go to sleep when it's like naturally light out. Yeah. So I'll text you <laughs> from my mom's place. Great. Which is arguably more haunted than our place, but with ghosts, not demons. So yes. I can always just leave and okay. they, they'll stay in the building. You stayed with me through Steve. Yeah, but he was a normal ghost. He was a ghost ghost. He was a ghosty ghost. <laughs> Although he did follow us. You should tell uh, our listeners about Steve. Yeah. So when we started dating. On our first date, literally. On our very first date, Char noticed that a lot of the lights were flickering in my apartment. And I'd never noticed that before, which either was that I just never noticed them before and she was brand new to this place. Or the more sensible excuse, which was that we were haunted and that there was a ghost named Steve living in our apartment. And he's uh, of the homosexual variety and he was not exactly happy that there was a lady stepping in on his turf. He was very jealous. So anytime we heard a crack (laughs) or like a noise or like something was out of place, it was definitely Steve. Yeah. Which is extra funny because my mom is actually like very very superstitious. Yeah. Uh, I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. (laughs) And so when I told her about Steve, she like genuinely freaked out, which was great. So. Well, let's not forget the one big moment of one of our pop figures being on our couch instead of on our shelf. Oh, yeah, that's true. That was like, I was like, what did you, why did you put this here? Which I still think that you probably woke up and went to the bathroom and moved it onto the couch for some reason. What? You always do stuff and then you're like, I don't remember that. What are you talking about? Yeah, it wasn't Steve. It was you going to the bathroom well this is an excellent segment into segue <laughs> to my point because you're being mean and Micah, mika was mean <laughs> he's a big big asshole there's so many times that he undercuts katie just like you're doing right now i bet you did it i bet you did i it. bet you did it 
Shut up. I don't even believe in ghosts, but that was weird. Anyway, he, also, we forgot to end our story. Steve did come with us. Yeah, he showed up with us, so I think he might place. be a demon. I think he's a ghost. But ghosts don't follow you. They, he's a friendly ghost. They stay in the place. Even Casper stayed where he died. The whole point was that he stayed in the mansion, <sighs> the Richie Rich mansion, where he died because his butler was sick and tired of his bullshit and Jesus stabbed him. Christ. <laughs> That's true. Interesting. I don't think Steve will kill us, though. But uh, yeah, so Mika is so awful to Katie, which I didn't really remember from this movie after the first time I had seen it. And then rewatching it now, I was like, wow, this is intense. There's like typical like little things in every relationship of like accidentally saying something in the wrong way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but then the, when the, the ghost, psychic, the, the ghost psychic guy, <laughs> yeah, comes to their house after Katie has told her basically husband, like, oh, I've, I'm so stressed out about this. Please, blah, blah, blah. And Just he's be like nice. following her around with her cam- his camera this whole time and like putting her on display. And then, yeah, so then she's like, please be okay be on your best behavior basically like you would say to a child uh before the ghost doctor comes up and he doesn't take anything seriously he's making jokes it's basically like an analogy of her going through like an incredible trauma when she was young and then this like ptsd is coming back is basically what's happening yeah when you think about it that's probably like what the intent of the movie was supposed to be. Yeah. In terms of like metaphor, basically, because it was done so well if that was the intention. Yeah. And obviously he doesn't believe her and he doesn't even give her the benefit of the doubt. He just makes jokes all the time. Even like one of the biggest things that bothers me is like after he talks to her, he's still filming as he's like walking away and he's like saying shit about her. Yeah. Or he'll be like to himself. He's He'll be like, this is, oh, I, after like something serious happens, like they get attacked and he's like, oh, this is so cool. He's given us such awesome things to film. And she's like, this is terrifying. I hate this. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's awesome and fucking rad. And let's yeah. keep filming it. And then like to blatantly when your significant other is like, I'm really stressed out. Please don't do this anymore. Like promise me that you're not going to get a Ouija board is one of the big things. And he's like, OK, I promise I won't buy a Ouija board. And then he does the like stupid shitty thing of be like, well, I didn't buy one. I, I borrowed, borrowed it. Yeah. And I. I'm trying to communicate with the spirit now, even though the ghost doctor told us not to because it would make things a million times worse. But I don't believe him because I'm a man. Or like when she she sleepswalks and goes outside and then she, he like finds her and she's like clearly depressed and it's like, I don't want to go inside. Just leave me alone, please. And he's like, why are you being so fucking weird? And then yeah. he goes inside and then hears the noise and he's like, get the fuck in here. Yeah. What are you doing? And then... The next day is making fun of her for walking around. It's like, do you sleep much? Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I don't remember this. How do you not remember this? You're being such a dork and a weirdo, you Dweebenheimer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's like a, he's the huge bully. Yep. So I'm glad he dies at the end. Even when we watched it the first time, like I kind of just saw it as like, she's scared and he finds this interesting. Yeah. And... It wasn't, it wasn't until this time that that dynamic of like, oh, he's a fucking asshole and clearly doesn't respect her was more obvious. Yeah. We're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsors and socials. This episode of Drinking and Screaming is brought to you through the generous support of Mad Lab Distilling. We used their Gin 6 in this week's cocktail. Gin 6 is the first gin release for them, but it will certainly not be their last. 
a careful blend of six botanicals, huh, since the name, juniper, coriander, lime zest, cucumber, bay leaf, and dill, which leaves a beautiful green and fresh tasting gym. Dill? Yeah. Wow. Crazy, right? It's like almost savory, but it, it it came off so well. Yeah, I tried drinking it without the mix, and it's like probably one of the smoother gins that I've ever had. Yeah. Cause what's that gin that comes in the blue square bottle? You uh, know. Bombay. Yeah. Sapphire. Never a huge fan of that one. Yeah. We have a friend who will literally drink it from the bottle at Costco sizes. Yeah. And I never it's, got that. There's so much like pine in that one. Yeah. Tastes Which, like hairspray. That's yeah. usually my thing is gin usually tastes like hairspray and this one does not. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not getting paid to say this. This is legitimately my opinion. Yeah. Like Mad Lab Distilling is definitely one of our biggest supporters and biggest sponsors. They gave us one of everything that they make. Dude just walked up to our door with a box full of liquor. So thank <laughs> you so much. And all of our listeners should go support them. So if you want to buy any of their products, you can visit madlabdistilling.com to find out more about their products and where to get them. Also, they've recently added a back sticker to their gin bottle. Yeah. So you can hear more about their story. Thank you to all of our current patrons. We wouldn't really be able to do this without you guys. So every time that we say thank you, we genuinely mean it. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drink and Scream, Twitter at Drink underscore Scream, and you can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. Please make sure you rate us on iTunes so that we can help get new listeners finding us. It would really help us out. I love getting new listeners. You hear that, new listeners? (laughs) I love you so much. Fucking fucking love getting new listeners. It makes me so horny. (laughs) For Discord, uh, we're going to cozy on up with our partner, Super Hopped Up. So check out bit.ly slash hopped up discord. Make sure you check out all the other amazing podcasts for the All the Horror event, 31 Podcasts in 31 Days, a collaboration of podcasters, authors, and entertainment personalities discussing and embracing all things horror. You can follow them on Twitter at AllTheHorror18 to get all the latest amazing episodes. Yeah. I realize I didn't really talk too much about your drink, but I am really enjoying it. The Thanks. bubbles are so like cleansing of my throat right now. And the gin is so smooth. Mm-hmm. Like one of the smoothest gins I've ever had. <laughs> and we're not being paid to say that. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a gin drinker. My biggest concern is that the unnamed cherry soda that I use or uh, soda water that I used when you drink it alone is like a really strong cherry flavor. But when it's like mixed in with the gin, I think it kind of gets overpowered by the gin flavor. Yeah, you lose the cherry for sure. There's like a little bit of an undertone of cherry. So if I had some sort of like cherry extract or something like that, I'd probably do that or like use actual crush like crush two cherries. That'd be be interesting. Like like muddle them. Cherry mojito. Yeah. My next point is that this movie does a really good job of giving me the creeps. Like we kind of talked about it when you were saying like the scares weren't that scary. But for me, what really is scary about it isn't the scares it's the tension building up to the scare and what's gonna happen like i know what's gonna happen even this time that we were watching it just now i could feel myself like sinking into (laughs) you and being like oh this is so dreadful and i'm not like scared of ghosts or like paranormal stuff 
But then it does such a good job of like that fear of the dark, like fear of like the monster under the bed or whatever going to yeah. grab you because it, well, it literally happens. In this. <laughs> but yeah, like that was so well done for me. So I still find like joy in watching this movie. It is interesting. This is in the last week we've watched another series that made us really scared that we'll talk about later. Yeah. That you you were mentioning like how much it sucks to like have sleep paralysis and constantly be afraid and like not be able to fall asleep and feel unsafe just like existing in your home. Yeah. Which like that's all the things that ghosts do. So you're basically describing how you're afraid of the outcome of ghosts. But I don't like I'm so like ghosts can't actually do that to me. But if in they, real life. But if they could. Yeah, but they aren't real, so they can't. Because like if the it's like being afraid of like werewolves. But werewolves are cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> but like if the, if the conceit was that a person was sneaking into their home and like spying on them or something. Oh, like that would that. be even worse. But then you Mika's outcome would be, hey cops, I have this footage of this man. Can you check your database? I'm sorry. When have cops ever helped us? Oh, you. A white man living in San Diego would have the fucking cops <laughs> at his beck and call. Yeah, I'm a lady. <laughs> they don't yeah, care Yeah, so get about Mika me. to do it. He'd be like, <laughs> hey, this guy snuck into our home. Can you scan your databases? Oh, you found him? You know where he lives and you arrested him and he's in jail now? Cool, awesome. Rather than like, hey, there's an invisible demon that's ripping my girlfriend out of her bed and we can't sleep at night and we're getting progressively more angry and that just makes it more powerful. And now, no matter what I do, it just gets more and more angry and there's nothing I can do about it and I can't shoot it because it's invisible, it's a demon. (laughs) I don't feel safe in my home and I can't sleep at night and everything's driving me crazy and if I fall asleep, I'll get killed. But it's not real. But it could be. But it's not. This movie made it real. Humans can attack us at any moment. I don't know. I haven't been attacked by a human yet. I have. It's awful. (laughs) Uh, And then my last point is that as a marketer and an actor, I'm stealing one of my other fun fact options to go into a little more detail here. So the movie was marketed as a real found footage film back when there weren't as many like laws about saying like this movie is fictitious. Oh, less marketing laws? Unless like laws about saying like these characters are based on fiction or whatever, that kind of stuff. In the version we watched that we totally legally got, there is like a final scene or like card that says that it's fiction but it's so well done that like nobody even looks at that and nobody even nowadays really looks at credits in the theater yeah like if an fbi warning pops up that says don't download this you're like oh cool a red screen all right yeah please hurry don't, up yeah i don't even care yeah oh now it's in spanish cool all right no keep oh it's in french now awesome get, get to the movie <laughs> Yeah, so it succeeded very well. And like, I remember when I first saw it that I'm like, oh, this is like real, but this can't, this can't be real. But Char it is real. Because doesn't believe in ghosts. Well, that's, yeah. But the <laughs> idea is like there that it is real, which I thought was really, really cool. Uh, and then the other thing that I had to say was that the actors, because this was so like, it was real, they couldn't even go to their movie premiere nice. or any of the initial screenings because they had to be dead. They couldn't answer like their phones. They had to stay in their homes. They both only found out about this film and this like gig through an LA casting website. So they both just paid, got paid $500 to do like 70 hours of filming. Really? Yep. Wow. And then like, obviously because the movie became a huge success, they like entered talks to like renegotiate their salary. Okay. Which I hadn't been I haven't been able to find if well I 
know that they definitely got more compensation, but I wasn't able to find how much they actually got paid. Well, the actress who plays Katie shows up in later Yeah, paranormal. she's in a lot, which yeah. I'm sure she got paid a lot more for. And even if your likeness is used in another film, you'll still get paid more. That's true. It doesn't matter when it was filmed. Yeah. It's all in your contract, though, so it depends what kind of contract yeah. they signed. Their contract was, we'll give you $500 if you pretend to be dead for a while. Yeah. Did they at least get to talk to their family? Because that would suck if, like your mom shows up to the movie theater and be like, I'm so interested in watching this paranormal activity movie. <laughs> hey, that's my son, Mika. Oh, oh, oh no. I haven't been, I sure haven't Weirdly heard from enough, him in a week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm sure that they would know. Okay. Yeah. Also, were the actors' names also the character names? Don't go into my fun facts okay. yet. Okay, well, I mean, this was your last point, so. <laughs> Are you ready for my fun facts? Your what? <laughs> my scaredy facts? I am. Um, so for those of you who are just tuning into this episode for the first time of our series, Kelly and I do a lovely scaredy facts section, um, at the end of all our episodes, and it's because we do it in real life. Whenever we watch movies, we always snuggle up in, either on the couch or in bed, and one of us will go on our phone and read trivia and fun facts from movie websites, mm-hmm. and the other one will fall asleep. <coughs> Me? <coughs> So when we do it on the podcast, one of us, whoever knows a bit more about the film, will uh, be the one that does all the curating of the scaredy facts. I also had like a weird aha moment the other day. We should start a new tradition. It probably wouldn't work for the podcast where we watch bloopers from horror movies. Yes. Because I was looking for something for another video I was working on and it showed like Halloween 2007, the like shitty... Rob Zombie one. Yep. And it was the bloopers. And I was like, oh my God, how have we never watched horror movie bloopers before? Especially because like we watch so much of The Office and so much of Friends. And then we find it like extra hilarious to watch the bloopers of those. Yeah. But, you but it's so different with horror. Yeah. Like imagine a slasher flick where they're like getting stabbed in the neck, but then like one of Burst them laughs. Laughing. And they're yeah. like sitting there with like blood squirting out of their neck or something <laughs> like that. Or like Jason is chasing after somebody and then he like trips on a log and then... Oh, sorry, can we do that again? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to start doing that. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so one of the... I'll jump out of order here since you already uh, brought up a little bit of it. The character names are those of their actors. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. And the entire film is actually shot in the director's home. That I remember. So the starter home is fucking bullshit. It's yeah. the director's like, I make so much money, here's my house house. Which, this is his first directing film. He actually is a programmer. Well then, that's even that makes <laughs> yeah. even more sense if he's a successful programmer. Yeah. I'm a programmer and I he don't He did have- a lot of the like movie editing of like special effects too in this. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, so that's something that's uh, interesting. The filming was completed in 10 days and was entirely guided improv, which means that they didn't have a script at all. They were given guidelines of what to discuss in their scenes and like how their characters would kind of react to everything that was going on. And then they would just go. So it'd be like Mika would be sitting there in a scene and he'd turn to the director and he's like, I need a profession in a location. All right, I heard I heard delicatessen. All right, cool, cool, cool. And lawyer. All right, here we go. Oh, there's a demon. I'm just a lawyer. I'm going to sue him. But would you like some Black Forest ham first? Yeah, exactly. Just cool. like that. Great. Yes, I did it. That was good improv right there, my love. <laughs> this is a very good reason of why I am in love with you. Well, 
see how you feel when I run away from your demon. Yeah, seriously. This is also like a hugely famous movie in the sense of how much money it made compared to how much like the return of investment was huge because the budget was only 15,000 US and then it made 9.1 million in its first week. Only wow. its first week, breaking the record of highest grossing weekend ever for a movie playing at less than 200 theaters. And 500 of that went to the actors. Only 500. Yeah. Okay, so this is my last fun fact, which is going to be a depiction of one of the alternate endings. Ooh. There are two alternate endings, and actually Steven Spielberg was uh, involved in the production of this film, and he saw the ending, the original ending, and he didn't like it. So the actual theatrical ending, which is the one that we saw, where uh, Katie like throws Mika in the camera, is the one that he suggested for the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is the original ending that he saw and did not like. But they did shoot it, um, which I think if you have the DVD, it's in the special features and stuff. Or you can find it online, too. There's a few videos on YouTube. So Katie awakes shortly after midnight on the final night, gets out of bed and stares at Mika for roughly three hours. Unlike the theatrical cut, she does not move to his side of the bed to continue watching him. And the sheets do not fly off of his body. Instead, she goes straight downstairs. After Mika is awakened by the scream, he runs downstairs and we hear the ensuing scuffle. Like before, Katie slowly climbs the stairs, except the footstep effect is slightly altered, and when she enters the room, she is holding a knife and covered in blood. Mika's body is not thrown at the camera. He remains downstairs. Katie sits down on the floor against the bed and proceeds to rock back and forth, knife in hand, for several days. Uh, We hear her ignore phone calls and the doorbell. Eventually, one of her friends comes in to check on her and finds Mika's body, which momentarily interrupts Katie's rocking. The friend lets out a scream and runs out of the house. 20 minutes later, we hear the police knock and enter, warning anyone in the house to make themselves known because they have their weapons drawn. As they search the first floor, it appears as if the demon has left Katie's body. We see the light to the attic turn on, then off, as if the demon went back into hiding. The police come upstairs, find Katie, and warn her to drop the weapon. She's dazed, running toward them, yelling, Where's Mika? Where's Mika? The door to the attic slams shut, startling the police so much that one accidentally shoots Katie dead. They shoot her in the head. The final 60 seconds of the film shows the confused policeman asking, Where did that noise come from? And ultimately declaring that the house is clear. The film fades to black and a text appears that dedicates the film to Katie and Mika. See, that sounds cool. Yes. I was hoping you would say that. Like, oh, the fact that she's finally free of the demon even. I mean, she murdered her husband, but, or partner. Come on, Steven, you fucking hack. Yeah. His decision was, let's add more CGI. Let's make her face turn into a demon as she moves towards the camera and we'll have... We'll have Mika get thrown towards it, and she'll be all covered in blood. And It'll be a jump scare fest. And sniff him like an aminal. Yeah, that was weird, too. Also, you know probably what his real reasoning for that was? He probably saw something in the film, and he's like, you need to make this so that it can have a sequel. Ah. You need to have Mika's, or Katie's whereabouts unknown so that in Paranormal Activity 2... She can come back? Yeah. <laughs> Because if she got shot in the head, then there's no there's no marketing abilities for Paranormal Activity 2. You don't have any returning characters. True. It's me, Steven Spielberg, and I'm here to tell you how to market your, your stupid movie. <laughs> Man, that sucks. That alternate ending is way radder. Yeah. So look it up. There's also another one, which I'm not even going to give away. You just got to find it. I'm going to edit our version to only include the alternate ending. <laughs> 
The idea that she sits there rocking back and forth for several days yeah. is the coolest part. Yeah. And like the seeing the, the demon like leave, like all these terrible things are happening to her. Like, first of all, she kills her partner, but like not even her. It was yeah. the demon possessing her. Then it leaves her because someone found the dead body. She has to deal with the guilt of w- killing her partner. And then she gets shot and just gets killed. The doctor the, in like the beginning says that the demon wants her, but he doesn't really declare what that means, whether it means like he wants her dead or he wants her to like control her or, or whatever. Yeah, which is interesting because of how they react or how the demon reacts to the picture. Oh, yeah. Because he scratch it scratches off Micah's wow, I keep wanting to say Micah. Mika's face and like shatters the glass. He's just super jelly. Yeah. He's like Steve. Yeah. Hardcore Steve. Are Hi you, Steve. That means I'm gonna get possessed. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, okay. we went into two different ones. <laughs> Are we ready for some final thoughts? Mm, yes. I didn't write any down because I wanted to think of some while we were talking. And I didn't really. Oh, no. What's that sound? <laughs> ah! Lame. <laughs> Invasion of the remake. Please stand by for further instructions. Hey there, this is Sam from Invasion of the Remake, your favorite remake podcast where we review existing remakes and then we also do our own fantasy remakes. I'm really pleased to be recording this for Drinking and Screaming for all the horror and all the horror event 31 podcasts in 31 days. We're talking about paranormal activity. I did just rewatch this and I do have to say as the movie that really kind of kicked off this whole found footage craze, which for me has not gone well. Found footage has a lot of potential, but is usually wasted. This is not one of those movies, though. It's very well thought out, and it's not as scary as it was supposedly touted to be when it first came out. But on the whole, uh, the story is well well put together. The limited effects are also excellent. It's just, on the whole, a solid, solid found footage film, and it's really the benchmark that people should be following aside from Blair Witch or possibly the houses that October built. Those were also really great found footage movies, but this is the one that sort of kicked off that craze. So my final thoughts are it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's a mediocre horror film at best if you're like a real hardcore horror fan, but it is definitely still worth watching, especially if you want to see a found footage film that should be done the way it is. Again, I'm Sam from Invasion of the Remake. You can find us on such podcatchers as Libsyn, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, and even freaking YouTube. Thanks so much, Sean Kelly, for letting me drop in on your podcast. I am always Sam, and I am out of here. Yeah, I think everything he says is pretty much how I feel about it. I don't think I knew enough about the horror film industry around that time to know whether or not this was like the re- resurgence of found footage. Right. Cause I think like once I watched my first found footage movie in like 2016 or something like that, or whenever yeah, uh, I started just watching a shit ton of them. So I guess it might've just been in that big pool, but yeah, also it's just not, I think the hype of it is overblown and I think it definitely was a movie of its time. Yeah. Where I think the 2009 audience was just gullible enough to fall for something like this. Yeah. And like I said before, I think the internet wasn't 
big enough. Like the social media aspect of the internet wasn't big enough to really like ruin the fun of enjoying this movie on a quote unquote realistic level. Yeah. That I think my point isn't so much that it's bad or like not scary or whatever. I think that it came out the perfect time that it needed to have come out. And I think that's the success of the movie is that it knew exactly when it needed to come out and it did so. And it wouldn't have succeeded any other time except that very specific weekend. It's funny because it was done in 2006 and they like spent a lot of time like trying to get it released, which Mm. got, and it went through a lot of delays until it eventually came out in 2009. So maybe the company that's meant to be greenlit it knew that that was the perfect time. Yeah. Um, and that also segues really well into my final thought, which is that I'm really glad that I saw it when I did. And I think that's why I can watch it back and still like like it and like be scared. Um, it's definitely a product of its time, but it just makes me feel like 13 years old again and like very <laughs> scarable. And I also thought it was really cool to watch it again at this point in my life and see it through a whole new lens and like the true horror here is the relationship, not the demon. Yeah. Watching it with like a strong feminist lens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Oof. it's interesting. I I assume we're going to be doing the other paranormal activities throughout. Eventually. Yeah. Because you know my thoughts on like the later parts of this series. And I think it just gets, it gets more fun later on. Like this one's very much like serious found footage. Mm-hmm. But like the fucking the last the very last moment of this series is just icing on the cake. <laughs> I just it, I love it so much and it's so funny to watch this movie knowing where it's going to go. It's kind of like when we watched Friday the Friday, 13th yeah. the first one and it's like just knowing that fucking at some point we're going to be 20,000 years in the future flying around space shattering the, heads. Yeah. Frozen just, heads. Just oh so good. It'll, I'm excited for five years down the road when we finally talk about the final, the final de- um, final destination. <laughs> I was gonna say deadly premonition. Oh, paranormal activity. The last, the last, last one. Yeah. Well, that's been paranormal activity, a movie about. Listen, babe, this is all your fault, and it wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing with our best horror to get you in the Halloween mood, next week we'll be watching another one of my faves. And Kelly has never seen it. Saw. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen Saw. Huh. 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 <laughs> Dwight Schrute. <laughs> and remember, always scream responsibly. Uh, Bye! Uh,